0: Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. All right, welcome everyone. We have another special podcast today. Mr. Tony Dunst, the man, the face, one of the faces of the World Poker Tour is joining us today. Tony, how are you doing?
1: Good, Jeff. What's going on?
0: Same old man, just wild times, you know. We're in a we're in a bizarre bizarre uh, period of our life, I guess you could say. But we're we're moving forward. No complaints. And uh, mm-hmm. what about you? What's what's new with you? You uh, gearing up? They got the WPT series on party coming up. I know you said you're you're not going to most likely be able to play being stateside, but uh, how is yeah. how has this Corona COVID period been for you? What have you been doing differently than normal?
1: Well, on on the whole, it's been positive just a little bit boring at times like you know all things considered compared to what a lot of people have gone through with this i've had it pretty easy i've played a lot of poker studied a lot of poker lately probably studied as much as i have during any time in my career um i was able to build like a little home gym as it were in the backyard and then more recently when things started open up i started taking tennis lessons getting back into it gives me a reason to be out of the house a little more social stay active and then uh I managed to avoid video games for like almost twenty years, from like high school to nowish. And then warzone came out and the pandemic hit, and now I'm just a full blown video game addict again. So uh,
0: what's your what's a lot your what's your poison? On. What do you go with? What's your favorite?
1: Call of Duty Warzone. It's like the new. It's like the new Fortnite, but in first-person shooter mode. And yeah, I'm telling you, Jeff, if you haven't gotten into it yet, save yourself. You know, you're you're a married man. You got a kid. Um, you're supposed to be responsible. Like, don't do this to yourself. Don't yeah, get caught up in those. I want
0: to be studying more poker. That's already <laughs> on the list. Like, there's 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 only so much time, right? That the video game exactly. ships kind of sailed for me, but I, I do love FIFA, and I I know PlayStation is coming out as well. I think it's been a long time since there's been a system release but yeah man that's i i can imagine i know those first person shooter games are a lot of fun so i maybe maybe dabble a bit but i'll I'll try to those games you can't just play for 30 minutes you know you do can't know does not work like that I, n- I know how it goes um well tell us a little bit about yourself uh, most people in poker know who you are world series of poker bracelet winner wpt champion you are the one of the the you know you and vince van patten you took over from mike sexton uh, world poker tour as you know one of the the lead announcers uh on there and you are um you're the host, I guess they call the host, right? Yeah. Technically, that's the word. You're you are one of the co-hosts of the World Poker Tour. Very exciting um, stuff. So, other than that, why don't you uh, let us know who are you? Where 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 did you come from? And give us a little bit of your up upgr- your your bringing up. I think you're from Wisconsin or Milwaukee. Correct. I guess, Milwaukee. Yeah. I did a little research. I know some stuff about you, and
1: uh, I want you to tell us though. Tell us, give sure. us a story of Tony Dunst. So I grew up in Wisconsin. I was there till I was 20. So I'm still like huge. Wisconsin sports fan I need sports to come back man this is this is the year for the Bucks and Giannis like it's our year we need the NBA back um you know fingers crossed and all that I went to Australia for a study abroad when I was uh 20 and was down there for the better part of five years and started traveling a lot on the tournament circuit around then so you know, I got into poker in my middle teens in high school back. I was actually playing online poker before Moneymaker won the World Series main event. Like, I remember following the online updates back when live reporting uh, of online poker tournaments was kind of in its infancy. And uh, I was just like, you know, one of the excited poker fans following along. And it used to be like back in April, they would run this thing. And then once they put it on television, you know what happened. I mean, the game just blew up. The combination of Moneymaker winning the World Series and the World Poker Tour appeared every Wednesday, you know, blew the game up in the American imagination. And, uh, you know, I was very central for it. I was, uh, it was a right time and place for people of my age, because there was this online community that sprung up. I was a big part of the two plus two, um, multi-table tournament community. And those guys in the whole NTT community, you know, did a great job of helping each other learn the game. And a lot of those players that came up in that community are still some of the top players Players in poker today you know maybe they were in the mtt community maybe they were in the cash community but that two plus two forum um, sprung a lot of the prominent players in the game today so i was a big part of that i was in australia traveling a lot of the asian pacific tour for a few years started playing the world series every summer when i was 21 um and moved back to the states and got this job with the world poker tour when i was 25 and that was very unexpected for me because like a lot of people my age i just planned to be a professional poker player for my whole Life uh, and didn't didn't really want a job, but they kind of came up with an opportunity to pursue one that sounded so intriguing. I was like, "Yeah, screw it. Look, no, let's see what happens. They're not going to hire me anyway." Um, and next thing I knew I had a career. And so that is for the last 10 years now been an equal part of my responsibility to poker, both as, you know, a player who wants to take the game seriously and stay competitive uh, and, you know, continue to challenge myself. But then also as a commentator, a host in the game, a member of the community. Um, and just someone who's been around poker for a long time and enjoys poker players. I think poker players kind of get a bad rap. I, I really like poker players. I uh, I find them very honest. I find poker players, like, it's, it's weird to me that poker players have this reputation for, for dishonesty, and bluffing a and lot, lying. I don't, I don't really know what that's about. I find poker players as a whole to be remarkably honest, straightforward people. And I think a lot of that is they don't have the restrictions of a corporate or professional environment where they learn to kind of like censor themselves in a lot of ways. And that can be good and bad. But for somebody who appreciates honesty and people saying what they mean, um, I've I've always enjoyed the poker crap, the poker culture. gambling. I I think it's a bit
0: polarizing with poker players, if you will. Just, you, you know, you hear some of the like Mike Postle type stuff. You know the stuff with <clears throat> what happened with Bill recently. These other these kind of right. stories or things that just get so sound outrageous and just so unfamiliar with, like you said, the corporate world or day to day. You know, if you're at the, working at a office at a de- desk job, there's not really like a ton of drama, other than maybe some you know shenanigans within you know commingling with with, uh, right. the, the staff, but like, there's not really a thing. So like, when something comes out and just stands out, you know, this will be well, the apostle thing last year, that's going to be what's remembered in poker for that that year or like, wow, that's so crazy. But you know, the majority of people I think are so good. And I, I, am pretty sure the majority of your friends our closest friends are either directly in poker you met through poker that's how it is for me and mm-hmm. you know, like you're saying i think are are some of the best people most honest integrity and and interesting characters and you know i think it does get it has sort of that negative connotation like with poker it's a bit seedy but i think that's something that's sort of starting to shed a bit and and, and you know hopefully we'll keep continuing to get better and a better image on poker uh with the states maybe coming back up opening up with some of the the play but yeah i i uh i I hear what you're saying i agree i think it gets a little bit of an unfair unfair rap at times but you know that's that's okay it's kind of edgy it's an edgy thing you know porn poker cannabis Mm -hmm. um, these type of things they're just they're not your traditional um jobs they're a bit edgy and and uh i think with that comes some some of the things you're mentioning so i agree sorry to interrupt you're you're in a nice but i just i get fired up man because i feel passionately about that as well i think it's it's unfair
1: I think you made a good point that attitudes about gambling in the United States are changing. And part of that is we're starting to proliferate sports betting, uh, legalize sports betting. You know, we've had this new interpretation of the Wire Act that was used to um, you know, help prosecute the online poker companies, and now we're saying that okay, you know, we're not really going to <laughs> how to put it, we're not going to mind the Wire Act so much anymore. And so, as gambling in both the form of sports betting and increasingly Robinhood, I think people betting on the market are starting to accept how much of a casino that is. For a long time, there was distinction of like oh, finance is a different word from from gambling. It's like no, it's just a fancy word for gambling, mm-hmm. um, and you know, the the Robin Hood uh, popularity that we're seeing across the United States, I think, is also changing attitudes about gambling and that people are just sort of gambling as a whole. So, yeah, certainly when I got started in the game almost 20 years ago, attitudes about poker players were very different. My parents... Find out I was gambling and playing online. They really thought that I was like a problem gambler who was going to lose all his money and ruin his life. Because at that time, there was no such thing as a professional gambler or a professional poker player in your your average American's conception. There was it was just like people with gambling problems and gambled too much and lost. There was no examples of successful American gamblers. And the only ones we had were people like Warren Buffett, who portrayed it as finance. Um, right. So yeah. I've definitely noticed attitudes are changing and now we see in magazines or being tweeted out and so forth like really like thoughtful breakdown articles from sp- professional sports bettors like i read this awesome article the other day about somebody with val- that val means to be vice president at 50 to 1 and now when i see people engage in that it comes with a different attitude it's no longer like this you know um hostility or suspicion towards gamblers this kind of like oh gamblers are sharp let's hear what they're saying and what they're thinking and so it's cool yeah. to see that shift.
0: You know, and I think I think to that point, too, about sports and, you know, look at like Pete Rose or stuff like this, where there's like games and this. This is what out of all the the millions of hours and, and and of games and competition, there's these few things or stuff that stands out. Now, granted, some stuff doesn't get caught ever. Right. Obviously, it's not like there's bad stuff that happens that never gets brought to light. But, you know, really, it's it's a bit unfortunate that those are the things that are sort of the stand out. They're just so shocking, I guess, or so prolifically. Uh, inappropriate or si- it seems so, so crazy that that's what sort of people gravitate and choose to remember or think about. So I think that's uh, mm-hmm. you know, even like Las Vegas, let's look at that. Like now uh, NHL team, the uh, Raiders are coming there. So like, these are things that right. Vegas never, they didn't want to have there. They're worried. It's like too close to home and the bed, this and that. And now it's just sort of becoming, you know, it's happening. And I think that's also shows you a bit of the acceptance and sort of uh, change of direction with everything, and yeah. where where, where that to, I think that's a great example of that. Yeah, that's
1: that's a good example exactly because the the Vegas Raiders and the NFL as a whole, like a few years ago, gambling was an incredibly sensitive subject to the NFL. They were not going to discuss it. Partnerships with gambling sites, get out of here! Are you kidding me? Yeah. Las Vegas, no, we don't want any part of that. Now, uh, Las Vegas is going to host a Pro Bowl. And some team just announced their sponsorship with FanDuel as their official, you know, uh, sports betting partner. And this is like three years removed from gambling being like the word you didn't say.
0: I mean, you you look at the Premier League and just other division like that's these sites are they're sponsored by Bet three six five and you know right. uh, Win and part these guys are they're wearing on their jerseys the biggest clubs in the world so yeah I think it's just a bit of archaic thinking in the U S and and mm-hmm. just sort of uh, hasn't really you know it's just slowly happening but it, it just catching up to the world it's like listen if someone wants to do something bad or illegal or you know there's going to be irresponsible gamblers irresponsible drug user, there's like drink, alcohol, whatever you want to say, like you can't control, people are going to do something, they're going to find a way to play on unregulated sites or bookie betting, it's just like, come on, like you're not really, you know, it's almost like the European thing with alcohol at the age too, it's like, if you kind of like make it less of a serious thing and just part of, you know, give people the choice and and, and I think it just, it's sort of less scary, it sounds less crazy and people maybe even respect it more, just kind of uh, incorporate it into their life, socially, casually, I think it's better overall. So anyway, we're on the, I'm sure we're on the same page on this, but it's, it's, I'm the same with my family too. They were very worried. I think I saw, I read something where you said, I believe you started with like a hundred dollars or $80 or You got up to like 400 and that's, that's when your parents, you know, by that yeah. point, they re, they realized that you were, they, they, that's when they thought it was maybe a problem, but you had already started playing and gambling. And yep. that, that, that's that exactly that right.
1: Numbers. So the whole uh, career is from like 80 bucks on paradise poker.
0: Yeah. I never played on Paradise, but I was, I was actually on party originally. Uh, it's nice to be back and, and with party now. And I know, you know, obviously you have uh, WPT, Mike Sexton taking over him. He's now the the chairman of the world po- or of the, um, party poker. And you did step in for him. Um, a lot I want to talk about. I just want to cover uh, what was that like though. Before we kind of hop back and we'll, we'll jump around a bit, but what was that like when you were told, "Hey, Tony, we want you to come in." And you know, you were doing, I believe, the raw deal, which was a segment. Mm-hmm. I think you actually crushed me on a uh, WPT. There was a heads up. I was playing. They'll teach you. will teach you to make a final table yeah. on my watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A- yeah. Oh, and the call. I thought it was Mike McDonald, <laughs> but it was you, the Queen of Hearts. I was final three in WPT and against Ooh. Pascal. And it was, uh, I flopped a set and he had King 10 off. And it was like a Queen of Hearts would be a good turn card here. I don't know if you remember this in Montreal. And it came <laughs> I remember to Queen the Queen of Hearts. I was like 92% heads up and knock him out. And uh, yeah, Queen of Hearts, Ace of Hearts. So you've been a couple of my, uh, you know, I, you've yeah. seen, yeah, you, you're, 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 you've been around for a long time. You've been, made some big calls, but how was that to get, brought up because doing the raw deal sort of a side segment which is cool i know phil helm you does that now a little less intensive probably in terms of workload or you know just sort of like a portion of the show but now you're you're one of the the, you're you're with vince van patten legendary show world poker tour been around forever everyone knows it who plays poker mike sexton the face the voice along with vince and now you take in for mike what was that like when they did how long did you know you were going to come into this role or did they just come up to you and like hey mike's leaving we want you to come how did that process segue so it was closer
1: to the second. They had, you know, told me leading up to that time that should Mike retire at some point, I would I would be the guy. Um, you know, I think in the the earlier years that I was working there, they were kind of trying to figure out who uh they would like that person to be. And then after I was there for a while and they became more familiar with me, they became comfortable with, you know, telling me that okay, you know, should that happen in the future, then you would step in. But Mike's actual stepping down was very sudden. Um, I had no advance warning that it was going to happen. I don't know that Mike really had any advance warning right. that it was going to happen. It was just kind of like at that time, you know, WPT and Party Poker uh, had been um, under the same ownership umbrella and um, were going to part ways. And so Mike and I kind of needed to choose a path And he went with Party Poker, which created the vacancy for me at WPT. So that part was, like, very sudden um, and not not – expected at all. So that was super surprising. I was fortunate that I had done a whole bunch of the online streams leading into stepping into the booth. And in terms of work ethic, I would actually uh, work a load. I would actually say an online stream might be the highest of all. Like you certainly doing the raw deal segment is pretty light. Like I just write a few segments, you know, come into the office, we shoot them over a few hours. I was more or less kind of disconnected from the show if I wasn't physically on site at one of our tournaments. Uh, now in Mike's role, rule, I'm around the show and our tournaments very often. Um, and then the day that we film, there's a decent amount of work and certainly a lot of work hours, but you don't have to be nearly as present and as on the ball as you do when you're doing an online stream. Because you know, when we're filming, we stop, start, cut, edit a lot out. Even a lot of what we film at a final table is not something that we use in the actual TV show because a lot of that is post production. Whereas with an online stream, i mean you just need to be on top of things for like six eight nine hours straight so that was good preparation and i have a lot of respect for the people that continue to do a whole bunch of online streaming especially some of them do an incredible volume of streaming like i just can't believe uh some of the guys who just keep it up for like eight hours a day days on end weeks on end stuff like that i would just be exhausted
0: you're usually reference in terms of like streaming on twitch
1: whether it's on twitch or you know when like dave Tuckman does the world series and cut out for a sec. I think I, I can't hear your audio. Can you hear me? How about now? Does that work better? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. We lost. Yeah. It. Yeah. I can Sorry. I just okay. had my alarm set earlier to make sure that I didn't miss you and it popped up and, and I, I derailed lost, the just, cam- but
0: you lost your camera now. I got to see you. You're single. You said the ladies want to see what's going on. Tony. There we go. All right. That's right. All right. Mike, Mike check, check. Getting
1: out in those single pandemic streets.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. but, Yeah, to your point, I, yeah, it's great. I mean, I actually, it's funny. I've had Lingo Martin on, who I see we see here in the center. Vince, I would love to have on. And Mike actually is my Mm -hmm. next guest. He's going to be on Wednesday. So that's good. I know Mike a long time. And, you know, he's one of those guys that's just been in poker so long. He's got so many stories. He's one of the, uh, you know, kind of original, the OGs of, of poker he's really been through it all and seen it played done commentary done you know knows pretty much all the players right the the old the, the older generation he's been two ungers uh all the way up to to the fresh generation he's just sort of uh been in the mix so uh, definitely you know passing through coming taking a legendary spot I mean that's a big that's a big role to fill right I mean Mike Sexton he, his voice is iconic you know in poker it's just the calls and the, mm-hmm. the epic days so it's uh it's pretty cool what well, how is that what was that like for you? Was that was it just sort of since it was so similar to other things you've done? Was it scary, intimidating? Were you nervous? Or were you just kind of like, wow, this is amazing, this is great, and just hopped right
1: into it? More, more to the latter. I was just you know super happy to get the opportunity. Um, I think kind of tying those ideas together, the first time I ever met Mike, I fanboyed the shit out of him. I was like a 20-year-old poker player. I had won a trip to Australia to do the Aussie Millions, and uh, it was like my first ever major live tournament. And Mike was the ambassador that Party Poker sent down there to hang out with players. And he was super open and cool with us. And you know, like back then telling him bad bead stories and he's having to listen to and all these things. And I even remembered thinking back then, like, oh wow, like, you know, Mike was super cool. If I ever got an opportunity to be something to do something similar, I'd want to carry myself like that. Like I'd want to be the guy that was, you know, open to talk to anybody in the room, um, or you know, was was just kind of how to put encouraging people to continue in poker was just kind of, you know, a very positive um, resource in the poker world. And so, you know, stepping in for Mike felt natural because he had set a really good standard. And um, I just figured, you know, I'll bring my own style to it. Certainly, we come from a different uh, background in terms of how we approach poker and like, you know, I very much learned online and in this hypercritical world of like, if you make a mistake and post it, people are like, Hey, idiot, what are you thinking with this? You know? Um, and so trying to, tone that down for a television audience, I think was kind of what I needed to adapt to. Whereas learning to, you know, speak in the moment, um, you know, banter back and forth with, with, uh, Vince and find my balance that came more naturally from the experience I had doing the, doing the online broadcasts.
0: Very cool. The, uh, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's fun to see. It's, it's also cool to see now that they've moved to the, Uh, A lot of the WPT final tables are at the HyperX they're doing in in Vegas. Uh, Tell me about what are your thoughts on that, sort of going with that Mm -hmm. November 9 type feeling where you you finish or make a final table, you get a break, you get some time, you get to maybe bring your family, friends, plan it. Experience it, do a whole thing. What, what what's your take on the the adjustment the World Poker Tour has made now to, to finish the final tables, sort of back to back days, or you know, they, they do so, a season or, or in know, a confession row? Confession
1: I was actually a little bit skeptical when we yeah. first rolled it out internally. I was like, oh, I don't really know if this is going to work. You know, the November nine was kind of dismantled for a number of reasons. I'm not sure that players really want to take this pause and so forth. It was actually received really well. Um, the HyperX arena itself looks great on television and for the functional purposes of filming the show is really just, it's smooth. It's very easy in there. It's just what what we need. And it's certainly a lot less, it's a lot less expensive than trying to transport an entire set across the country and all the staff that that comes with. Um, And then as for the delay, you know, I have not I have not made one of the delayed final tables at this time. I think each player who makes one would probably have Uh, a different perspective on it, but we got a lot of positive feedback because it allowed people who making this final table was a big deal for them to organize friends and family to be there. So they had like this big support system around. And then, you know, when we have people like that in the stands, we issue them a bunch of like props, you know, like signs and faces of their player and things. Uh, the arena itself has, you know, food, restaurants, games and stuff. I always felt that live poker is really, not the best spectator sport. I think it's actually a great television sport um, because, you know, we kind of see the the car, the ensuing car crash about to happen. Um, and so there's great anticipation on television, but when you're in the audience in a live poker tournament, you're so in the dark and it's a very slow game. I always felt that having a lot going on around the final table was actually pretty important for keeping up engagement. And that's what we have going on at HyperX and which, which I really like to see about that setting You know, the delay to each their own. As a player, I think I would like it because I would use the opportunity to, you know, both study final table situations and also do what I could to dig up info on my opponents, their playing style, their financial situations, anything I could to use as an advantage. But you know a lot of people feel that, that time could be better used by their opponents to improve their game hey maybe i had somebody who was not a great player but then they made the final table and they got three months of coaching or maybe i had you know somebody who was a little emotionally on tilt lead to the final table and then they got to the reset or whatever it was um so people have differing opinions on that but i'm happy to see that it was received mostly positively and uh, i was convinced that it was a good change.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think, like you said, if you talk to people, everyone's going to have a different opinion and, and reasons mm-hmm. why. Um, but yeah, ultimately, Jeffrey, I, I can't hear you right now. Oh, can you hear me or no? Hello, Tony? Hello?
1: Hey, I see you, but I can't hear you. I'm sorry, man.
0: Uh, shoot. Let's see. Is that me or you? I guess that would be one sec. I didn't do anything, Tony. I'm I'm not good with electronics. Hold on. Let me ask the chat if they can hear me. Hold on. Uh, but worst case, I can try and call you back. One sec. Um, Hold on. Maybe my internet went down. That's weird. Um, Yeah, call me back. Yeah, I'll call you back. Yeah. You can hear me. Oh, well, it's weird. Hold on. We're going to try to get Tony back here. All right. What about now? Jeff, can you hear? There we go. Perfect. I can hear you.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Sorry about that. Yep.
0: Might be your ear pods. Uh, the YouTube on YouTube, they said they could hear live. So I, I don't know what happened there, but um, okay, all good. We're back. We got a lot to talk about. So that's all right. We need to, I, we, I wanted to go into every single guest. I'd say 97% have final tabled their first ever event on their hand and mob, which on my street, I don't know what it is. Maybe that's part of the reason why we stuck around in poker. I swear. If you look it's literally funny. every single person, the that's first so event funny. is the final table. I mean, this was a $400. It was like, a, it looks like a team's. Parliament, which I don't even know. That's pretty cool. That back in two thousand five, there was even uh, whatever that means.
1: I it was a partner event. What, yeah, what yeah, was like the teams event at the World Series. You, you know, you swap in and out.
0: Okay, so yeah, very cool. So you actually you did this. This looks kind of fun. Your unknown partner—is this a secret or why is this unknown? I don't even know what's going on. Is that who?
1: I, don't, I honestly don't uh, – I think it was a friend back in Australia, but it was kind of a network of poker players back then. And that's now 15 years ago. So I can't oh, remember. You can't again.
0: remember. He's the only no. mystery guy not Dude. named in the whole 20 people that cashed, and it's your partner. You don't know his name. Is he ah,
1: – no. Dude, you don't posted know. my about my like you know you were a World Series bracelet, and I saw people soliciting questions, and someone asked about my my final hand at the World Series, and I realized like I had no idea, I had no idea what the hand was, how it went down, whether I sucked out, whether I got it in good, I was like, I don't know.
0: Damn, that's that's a sign of a man who's played a lot of poker, right there. That you know, it does sort of blend together. I will say usually the bad beats are the ones that that uh that run together. Um, but so tell me about this though live poker like you so what made australia that's a pretty long way to go for your first yeah. uh first events or at least first tandem mob scored maybe you played a couple and didn't cash whatever your first ever you know here what what made you go to australia that's a hike
1: well, actually, that uh, I think even a year before I was playing down there, I won a package on party poker when I was in my dorm room as like a 19-year-old and went down there, got two seats into uh, a couple of Aussie Millions events, almost final table with one and ended up swapping with the guy who won. So I made a really, you know, back then my whole bankroll was like $2,500, 3K, and I won 15K US on that trip. So at that point, I was just like sold on the whole lifestyle had you know, the most fun I ever had. I met you know, Mike Sexton and all of these poker heroes of mine um can't hear you can't hear around at that time um so i think that that teams event was one of those where it was like right after i moved to australia and did study abroad there they did a smaller series and that teams event must have been the first one that they tracked the results for
0: that's 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 pretty cool and and so when you were what was your online background then at that point and we've lost your video tony tony's tony's messing with us today he's got a little there you go tony we got can you hear me hello tony Tony, I I can hear you. Can you hear me? Hello? We lost him. Tony's having issues over there. Uh, I think it's maybe the ear pods. Let's see. We lost him again. Um, uh, All right, guys, we're going to get Tony back. Don't worry. Don't worry. You got him back? No worries. It could be your ear I'm not really sure what it is. The
1: alarm went off one more time and that decued it. So I made sure that they're all dead. They're all dead now. No more alarms. No more nothing. Ah, Yeah. No, I've had that.
0: I've had that happen as well on my phone. It's it's weird. It's weird how that technology is crazy. So you are, so you're in Australia and what was your online at that point you were playing? How much was it online versus live? Were you, were you diving pretty deep into the online streets? Like what were you, playing? tournaments, cash games? What was your first online sort of uh, attempts at poker?
1: my very first ones were like late high school early college and i was playing sit and goes by the time i was in australia mostly transitioned to tournaments seemed like that was probably where i was going to find more success i wasn't really a good enough natural poker player to ascend up the cash game ranks a lot of the ways some of the best ones did um but tournaments were pretty soft back then and uh i played a lot of i'd say mix of live playing live limit poker which i would strongly not recommend um, and that was a hell of a lot more common back then too, you know, like 15 years ago, especially like 20 years ago, if you walked into a casino, you didn't find a no limit hold game, That like, this wasn't the thing. That was something that was played at the world series and, you know, some card rooms in California and Vegas and outside of that, not really. So in the early plots like that, it was more common to go play cash and find limit poker than no limit. It was just starting to spring up.
0: For sure. And, and uh, I do see, here, that in 2006, you had a deep run the World Series. What was that like? So, that was, I mean, that's pretty deep. 198 yeah. people. You know, this is like the prime time of poker in terms of TV, ESPN, the hype, actually the biggest ever. So, 12 million to first, ever. the largest ever. Jamie Gold getting it done. What a difference between first and second. It's really crazy how they, uh, how that was, you know, they've adjusted payouts. But what what was that like going deep? Was that, I mean, that was a big score for you. That was a 42K score. Um, pretty exciting. Was that Was that a memorable experience?
1: I mean, I was 21. It was my first World Series, and I think I had pretty much bricked the series leading up to the main event. So I was kind of down on myself. And uh, then in the main, I took what is to this day still one of the craziest beats I've ever taken on day two, and was just like really, really low on chips. But then pretty much ran on, like just ran fire for about I don't know 24 hours. And something to point out is that the structure was so different back then. That was a field of almost 9,000 people. I made the top 200 and I got eliminated early day four. And then the only other deep run I've made in the world series, I got a 50th in like 2010 and the structure had changed so much by then that, you know, like that was mid day seven. And now I think if you were to go out in like the top 200 in the world series, like you're talking about day six ish or something like that. It's a considerably slower tournament. So yeah, you know, back then, I was so young and inexperienced, and just like every pot, my heart is pounding out of my chest. Everybody else was such a beginner, and just kind of like clicking buttons in a lot of the same way I was. You know, I remember seeing Jamie Gold and his mountain of chips around back then, and there was this kid that he was always kind of like battling with in the um, in the TV broadcast. I can't remember him. He was at my final. He was at my table for a while, and and he got into it with a lot of people. But that was such a different era where. Very few people at the table were seasoned professionals. A lot of them were essentially tourists doing something you know, for the first time or one of the first few times. It was super fun to them. And so it was a really different environment of people kind of just clowning around. And I would say that the biggest change to me in the environment of poker over those 15 years is how much more serious it has become. That Basically, you've taken something that was a little more of like a, a recreational, sociable activity and turned it more like a very serious chess tournament. And it's not a complaint. Um, that's that's not some kind of criticism of how poker has changed. It's just the reality of how they can get changed.
0: Observation, yeah. I'd agree with yeah. that. Yeah. It's uh, more of a craft, a sport, a seriousness, a competitiveness. There's rankings. There's Hendon Mob. Mm-hmm. There's, there's there's a lot of money at stake. And I mean, not that there wasn't then, but there's more of a of a serious circuit and, and events and it's very very intense i i see this question pop up in the chat and i also i saw people asking about it and i'm also curious the studying what do you do for studying you reference you've been studying poker more over this covid mm-hmm. period just kind of been which makes sense a little more downtime mm-hmm. and a little more just sort of uh you know, boxed in and might as well use your time for something productive. So what do you do? What does Tony Dunst do besides sure. an elaborate network of friends? I mean, you could re- maybe rifle off some of your group or core guys that you discuss poker with. I and mean, I know there's some you your friends are some of the best regarded best players in the world. I mean, no slouch yourself, bracelet, WPT title, great results. And, you know, the co-host of uh, WPT don't get if you don't know what you're doing. So all that said, what are you doing, though, to work on your game?
1: So it's, it's really three things, and I would say it's a fairly even blend amongst the three. Um, I review my own hand histories, uh, which is obviously pretty important because you want to see both what you're doing and what your opponents are doing. And then you can use that review also to accumulate notes on your opponents, which is really nice. So you build up exploits that way. And some of the sites that I play on uh, don't allow tracking software. So taking those notes is pretty important. Party and moment. then uh yep yeah, there, there you go exactly and then um although I, i'm not eligible to play on party in the united states so that's uh, not for me at this moment but you know, hopefully yep. soon and then i watch training videos I, I make training videos on uh learn wpt and we have an awesome solver tool there the wpt gto trainer that i also use to do solves i am I used the solver a moderate amount when I got back into studying. I was like smashing solves all day long. I've come to think that you really want to even out your studying because the only issue with solver poker is it has you practicing against the way other solvers play and solvers play fairly dissimilar from humans. In particular, I think that humans are much more passive on the river. River and to a degree the turn and the solver is the solver is finding all these different hands and spots to bluff with and is putting the money in both for value and with bluffs on the river much lighter than humans are. So you can kind of pick up some bad habits if you go too overboard on the solver study, but I also think that it will bring a lot of good habits, especially in your you know your flop and your turn play. Some things that are kind of regardless of your opponent are going to be automatic when you find yourself in these positions. It can create a lot of really good habits and then mixed with watching other uh pros training videos so i watch some of the other ones on learn and then i also have a run at one subscription uh, and i watch some of the best of the game there and yeah i try and make it an even blend of those three because i feel like getting caught up in any you know one of them is only so useful very cool oh, and i do yeah. uh hand history reviews with lucky chewy i will say you know you have a big network of friends but after a while you know not everybody that you know that's a serious poker player really wants to like chat hands all it's it's work for us you know this is your job you know you don't necessarily want all your bros sending you hands all the time so it's more like you have a a even smaller network of people that there's sort of this hey it's always cool if you want to talk hands with me policy and that guy for me is lucky chewy and so to this day you know I, i probably once a week will pull some hand histories from pull some hands from a hand history i played recently and then we'll get on skype or something like this and talk for about half an hour about the various hands that challenged us during our sessions
0: right well that's a good guy to have in your corner lucky chewy definitely one of the uh the og and high stakes crushers just gets it done and has a very prolific car- career how is it just how's he doing right now i saw him in december i ran to him with uh marchese and i was buying some sports cards from tom oh, and uh um, okay. Chewy was over there and, and got to talk with him I always like chewy he's always fun is how's he doing is he playing a
1: lot of poker or? he's doing really well he's been uh killing it online in the u.s facing sites here in nevada and um I believe did he get engaged or he's going to get engaged? One of those things. He's definitely in a very serious relationship. Um, and they're looking towards the future. I believe I think they got engaged. Yeah, I've just had a whole bunch of oh. friends get married and engaged lately. Yeah, it's that oh, time. Did they get start engaged? Did they, did they oh, official? Single, yeah.
0: Tony is single, serious, though, you know, like, like... I clarified in permission. He's allowed. <laughs> he is uh, on the market. So yeah. um what what uh that okay, so Chewy's doing well. That's good to hear. Good guy to have to talk. Studying's important. It's also good for you, right? To be Very up to date. So when you're talking and and in these spots, you want to be very confident in what you're saying and what the trends are, population tendencies, things kind of shift, right? Poker. It's pretty funny. I saw that tweet, Sam Grafton. It's one of my favorites. Talking about like like 2013, 14, 15. How strategy really changes every year, and then Bitcoin or crypto, whatever. And 2017
1: is just Bitcoin.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's just it is funny because it definitely uh it definitely does does shift things are, are always changing and then what people are doing you got to be aware of what's going on and what's standard and how to how to adapt and change to that so um yeah that that makes that makes a lot of sense um tell me about winning your first your, so you won a bracelet and you won a WPT uh title the yeah. WPT I remember was the 3200 in the Caribbean I think that well, which one was first did you win a bracelet first or uh WPT by about three years i want to say okay so you won what year was that i saw that i remember when you did win it and it was uh it was a fun one i don't know you saw you got a in
1: my 2013 i think 13 or 14 okay, November-ish. So, november ish november score for like 135k it should be okay i see the, the, harder, the money i remember not that i got to keep it not that i got to keep any of it
0: you know yeah well exactly there's your there's the uh there's the score you took it down you beat um uh italian player heads up marvin was also there pretty i mean a fun Mm -hmm. one. 191 entrance you win the wpt it's pretty sweet this is one this was actually in saint martin what was that uh i don't know if they've had that more than once but that was a that was a was it on a boat or no or was it it was on the island there
1: it was on the island. And so the final table was shot at 10 a.m. overlooking the bay and the airport. So it was an awesome setting. But, um, you know, normally the final table is at like 4 p.m. So it was a little bit foggy in the morning. Like, you know, you play for a while and then you wake up and you're just like, you never sleep great when you go deep in a tournament. Or at least I don't. Right. The only people I know that sleep great deep in a tournament are rich guys. Right. That's yeah. it. Everybody else gets like four hours of sleep. Everyone's um, excited. Uh,
0: yeah, so, exactly. so that's amazing You get the WPT that's got to feel good get that one off get it get it done um, and then another I think maybe the most interesting of your career and actually I believe your biggest score one of them was the Australia one where you score second for 700,000 Australia had been a good place to you and where you got your first mm-hmm. ever live caches and you do take second but the story on this if you could just refresh me because sure. that's Samantha Abernathy I remember that was a, it was a high profile uh really tough players at that final final table and you know exciting final table but you I, I think it was Timex or maybe it was unknown or undecided but I know the story something along the lines of you lost a five thousand dollar chip in your pocket or something like that yeah. you had a fight you were going to register you realize I was there I believe I was at this Australia mm. this year and I remember actually this going down i believe i'm almost sure because i remember there was some like discussion and then yep. you weren't going to play and then you hop in this tournament so you were did you really lose five thousand australian
1: yeah so uh, kind of like tie all of that together you know i was backed uh up until 2013 you know after black friday i was in bad financial shape like a lot of poker players were uh and i was in makeup and so i won the wpt and when i went on that wpt i was over like 300k in makeup so I got that, and then that got me a seed into the TOC, the Tournament of Champions that year. Um, or I guess it was pre-Tournament of Champions. It was our our season-ending event back when it was a 15K, but not the TOC. And I got third in that for like 450, so that cleared it. And then I was on my own from then. And then you know, like most gamblers, things were kind of up and down in the in the couple of years that followed. But leading up to that trip in Australia. Poker for me had been really down. Like I had one cash in the previous year leading up to that. If you glance at the Hendon mom I'm pretty sure that cash was early 2016, and I think all of 2015. I had one or two caches, and I was in a terrible mental place with poker. Just really just didn't like the game. I had been focusing on uh, daily fantasy sports and a little bit of sports betting, and that had gone actually really well. So all my emotion about poker was this is the thing I do that makes me annoyed and upset and causes me to lose money. And the more I can avoid this, the better. And um, everything else was kind of like, well, everything else is great. So why would I play poker if it just puts me in this? It just makes me upset. Right. So I went to Australia. I have this you know, long history with the Crown Casino, the Aussie Millions, Australia as a whole. I knew I wanted to play some poker there. It continued to not go well. Um, and I was just basically on a downswing. And I sold half of myself in the main event to Timex. And uh, he gave me chips in line to register. And I was just going to settle up with them online or whatever, or you, know, or you owed me or something like that and i took my phone out of my pocket while i was in line to register for the tournament it knocked one of the 5k chips out of my pocket the chip was like the exact same color as the carpet plus there's people everywhere um i get insanely tilted like we never find the 5k chip it's gone they check the cameras now it's like when we're about to start the tournament and i'm already on like the biggest tilt that i can remember in wow. my whole career and i was like you know what like don't play in this condition. If this is how you feel, don't play. If you don't want to be here to begin with, and you just torched 5K, that um, you're really pissed off to lose in the middle of a downswing. Like, don't do this to yourself and, and force yourself to play. So I left. And Timex, smart investor that he is, is just hitting me up the whole time. He knows how soft the Aussie Millions millions. He's like, look, you should really play this one. Hey, even if you don't want to risk your own money, I'll free roll you. You can have, you know, 17%. I keep 83. We basically extrapolate the markup you sold me at. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I'll get back to you. I don't I'm fine, you know. Fuck this tournament. Fuck Hoker. I don't want any of this, anything to do with any of this. Um, and I just left. I left the crown casino you know, and I went about my day for like eight, nine hours and nine o'clock rolls around. And I both, you know, calmed down and, uh, had been drinking a little bit and was kind of like, yeah, you know what, maybe I will like 10 K of Timex's money on fire. That sounds pretty fun. And I was like, you know, message him was like, yo, yeah, is that offer still open? And he was like, yeah, but you know, do you, um, do you mind taking a 15 instead of 17? Cause now it's such late reg. And I remember I replied, I said, it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to lose your money anyway. I went back, I registered, you know, I ran good that night. The next day I two added somebody in a huge pot. And after that, like, I swear to you, I've been playing poker almost 20 years. I have never run as good in one tournament as I ran in that Aussie millions, not even close. I just had the absolute, like, horseshoe, you know, jammed way up my butt, like cannot miss a pot. If I, anytime I did something that was close, I remember this one big hand, I opened deuces in late position and this really good player who was giving me trouble three bet me. And I was like, well, in a sane world, I would just, you know, fold or maybe take a flop. But in this version of the world i'm all in <laughs> it's
0: the, matrix. You're the matrix you're just at, you're like yeah you're just floating it's like a surreal it's like what's happening now it doesn't even like it's bizarre times you're just in this this one-off turn i i there's something about energy is so powerful there's something in, in, in these type of things and these stories and and also how you can take a negative to a positive like black friday right i remember when black friday happened it's like oh this is the worst thing like what's happening i don't even know what i'm gonna do because of like how my life's set up and what's gonna be and then it turns out to be the biggest positive positive ever uh there's a lot yeah. of situations i think you could you could look at in people's lives that, that in the moment things that seem like you just want to just it's just like nothing is going to work or be wrong and, and things sort of turn out for the better so i think this mm-hmm. is one of the better you know poker individual tournament situations that i've heard uh yeah. that just sort of um really powerful like the 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 the, the, the if you really think about that in the course of your career to like almost not play it, have this thing happen, which is so yeah. abusive, this, just to, to get heads up and you're on TV and you're, you know, you're there playing for a million dollars you get 700. And you know, just that story is like that, that to me, it's what gaming and and this type of stuff's all about. Like these, yeah. are, these are the moments you'll just never forget. And that story is uh, pretty legendary for sure. And time, you know, happy. Over yeah
1: props to timex both for pushing me to play and then also when i made the final table he gave me an, an extra two percent he's like hey you know like i know i asked for that extra two uh when you super late reg but like you know i appreciate you showing up and i don't you know i'm trying to nitpick you here and there you go and that cost him 20k and so timex is a guy whenever he comes up in these stories a lot of people in the community really try and paint timex as this guy who's like Oh, he is a guy who's always trying to get an edge in the sense that he's not trying to make losing bets, but he's not a guy who's trying to like take advantage of people. And if anything, I've seen him do a lot of generous things over the years. So I kind of wanted to go out of my way to bring that part up because he's definitely faced some flack lately on the other side. And I've, I've never seen any of that to be the case in my experience with him as either a friend or somebody I've done business with.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm involved with state Kings heavily. He has a competitor site and in, in a lot of aspects and yeah, I, I respect Timex a lot and I like Mike, uh, and I know he's a good guy. I can just tell just without even being, you know, he's not a guy I talk to all the time, but we we, right. we chat, we have each other's number. I respect what he does. And I definitely know he's an ethical and, and good person. And people, you know, I kind of go at like bank of Timex. They talk about, and they're kind of like, right. whatever. But you know, that it's like, yeah, he's, he's got a business and he's looking to profit, but he's Doing things the right way, and I think in in all those kind of closer spots, he's gonna he's gonna do go above and beyond or be generous, and and that's a good yeah. th- that shows that. And just to be clear, so he basically once the five k was lost, he then he put you in. So what he you said he gave you it was like a free roll on the free yeah, roll.
1: It was the only time in my career that I've played for such a small percentage too. Like in every other tournament I've played where I've sold, I've always kept at least maybe like a third of myself, even if it was a pretty high buy. I thought like, I want to have a decent show. So if I make a run, you know, I'm the one feeling it and I'm trying to play my A game. And then there was just this random one-off occurrence in my whole career where Timex is 83%. And I had sold a friend, like an old friend at dinner. That I caught up with 1% for a hundred bucks. Like, yeah, you want, you know, you want to light a hundred bucks on fire? Give it to me. So right. yeah, I made the final table and I was like, all right, where do you want your 10 K?
0: It's great. like, so just, you know, thinking on that, do you think, cause again, it's not, I don't, I don't want to like, I don't want to say about a respect the money cause it's not, if anything sometimes maybe playing with someone or people having peace, you play better. I, I think there's, right. there's obviously this age old thing in staking too about, you want people to have a little sweat of it, right? Even if you're staking someone, it's nice if they buy like 10% or something. So it's like they're they're actually sure. directly feeling it. But so it's not like, oh, I, this is someone else's money and I'm just going to play insane. But do you do you think that maybe there's something to be said about the mindset or like the feeling or the emotion, or maybe the aggression or sort of just, I don't know. Like, is there something to that? Because I know stories like this as well. Actually, Brian Rast, who's been on the podcast mm-hmm. a couple of times, one of my closest friends, Similar story. He had just landed in Brazil to the, to Vegas from Brazil. He was exhausted. It was, you know, back before Antonio had all the money in the world and just uh, was like, whatever, but he still had, you know, he was, he was doing very well and he wanted to go over to ride over the Rio and we were going to play this 1500 pot limit, tournament. $1,500. You know, these are guys that play huge stakes, cash games, whatever. And Rast didn't want to go. He was like, it was like noon. He had just landed. He's exhausted. And Tony's like, come on, just come over. I'll put you in it like for fun. Just come over and like gave him some absurd deal, but bought him into the $1,500. And Rast won this $1,500 pot limit tournament. It's just like, and it's funny because Rast like also had a smaller piece than he would ever, he would never sell for a $1,500 tournament, but he let Antonio free roll him <laughs> for like, a planning, a chips, you know? and he just shipped it, you know? And it's like, it's just funny though. I, I don't know. Like there's something maybe where it's not like, it's not a disrespect to money, but even just like a little different, maybe spots where it's close or you're like, ah, uh, you know, I don't know. Or you just, I don't, I don't know what it is, but do you think there's something to that? Like some sort
1: of mental well, just- switch? There's a very real edge in not being afraid to lose. I think that if you reach a point where you're recklessly gambling, like now we're just kind of Now we're suffering from selection bias, where we both tell a story where, you know, either myself or Rass plays Extra Reckless and ends up the winner. And it's like, well, why did that happen? And probably a lot of luck. But I do really believe that if you want to play your best game, you cannot have any fear of losing. Like you can't reach, you know, get deep in a final table. And then you start thinking about like the money and how much it's going to affect you and what you need for your life. Like you're just not going to be able to play your best game if the money means too much to you and you're like agonizing over payout jumps or trying to okay, I need to get third in order to solve the financial problems that I have. So I've always felt that I wanted to piece myself to a level where I'm not really sweating it if I lose or if I have to lose multiple bullets, like whatever that comes to, I don't care. So that when I get deep, I can play like the money doesn't matter to me, even though in the back of my mind, I'm conscious of those things. I'm thinking about, you know, ICM, the pay ladder. I'm not donking off my chips. It's part of my strategy, but there's no fear. There's no like, oh, I, I really don't want to go out now because then I won't get to realize all the money or I won't get third and get to solve my problem. Like anytime I'm in a tournament, I'm there to try and maximize my earn. Right. And uh, now, yeah, that's definitely my mindset.
0: Let me let me take that a step further. What? So well, give me your... What's the largest tournament you've ever played buying? in 25k. Okay. And what's, what's like, let's say in the last five, ten, five years, what's the smallest you'd ever like, of course, maybe you've done some promotional thing or you're playing a hundred dollars. Like if let's say you're playing online, what's the
1: smallest buying you'll, you'll legitimately register. Oh, man. I mean online I'll play like a sometimes as low as a fifty dollar or a thirty rebuy add on. You know, okay. Well section. let's
0: let's call it the two fifteen party million, just for close to the two fifteen to a twenty five K. So a big, big disparity. Is it would you is there any difference you play in a twenty five K at like a final table bubble or a bubble than a two fifteen? Or do you are you from the core belief that you should play the exact same in those scenarios? Or or is there just a bit of a difference like you know do you know what i'm saying like does it does it do you play exactly the same is it irrelevant in the buy-in do you believe you
1: should and do you i would say pretty close any any changes i would make are an adjustment over the changes i think my opponents are making and so if you go deep in a 25k well you're probably going to be surrounded by a bunch of the best in the world and so you know trying to over adjust or exploit these guys is is not going to go really well whereas if you go Deep in the 215 on party, a lot of your opponents might be playing only one day a week of poker and might be playing for an amount of money that would be incredibly life-changing to them. And that's where you can start to identify some players who are going to be extra cautious, extra tight, or occasionally a player who is gambling way too much or trying to uh, steamroll with the chip lead. And you can take advantage of that a little bit. But you know, on the whole, I go there with the mindset of just playing the game that I have uh, practiced and trained myself to play.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. That's uh that's a great answer. Um, man, there's so many other things. I, so I, I do want to leave time for questions. We've already been, we've been humming around along here. Uh, what, what is, uh, what do you think about, let me cover this on, I'm very curious what your thought is on the WPT and party poker teaming up for online. I mean, it's pretty amazing what's happening. The guarantees hundred million guaranteed uh, series, I believe starting July 18th till September 8th. I know you know, there's, there's, there's 12, I, I guess, marquee events. There's a pot, Omaha high low 3,200 main. There's 3,200 pot limit Omaha. There's a 3,200. There's a, I'm sorry, a 10 K main event. There's a 25 K. These are like pretty spectacular events, big guarantees, uh, branding. What do you feel on this? And also world series when they say, we're going to give away, you're going to be a WPT champion. And they've already done this. So it was just a 3,200, right. I think five mil, which it was, uh, I think I was in, six bullets on that that uh that hurt but it's it's a it's a good <laughs> good tournament good value um it's it's fun it's nice to put the power names on some of these events and the guarantees but what is your thought when you say you i you say you're tony dunce i'm a world poker tour champion i'm a wsop mm-hmm. champion and a guy who can play online and wins an event and says i'm a wb champion does that right. bother you where do you fe- where does your where do you feel not on at this, all. this uh no. this comparison
1: uh, I'm really happy to see the synergy of online and live. And I think it's really appropriate to the time and history we are at with the unavailability of live poker. So you need a relevant substitution online. I don't see, I don't buy the argument that an online achievement is somehow less legitimate than a live and then a live achievement. Honestly, if you forced me to argue either side of that, I would argue the opposite since online poker has been tougher for forever since you know forever um to me if you beat out an online field that might be more prestigious than live i know the vast majority of people would think the opposite but like these online fields especially when you start talking like 25ks and 10ks that's as tough as it gets period so if you beat that field like of course you deserve an accolade i love the synergy between we're awarding five tournament of champion seats from the uh championship online series on party poker and i think that's great i think that they have every right to show up to a you know wpt toc if they win one of these events and uh, and that they very much belong and yeah so i'm just i'm happy to see that there is that synergy i, I find this whole debate behind you know like is it a real wpt title is it a real world series bracelet you won it online not everyone was eligible to play it's like guys these are you know, at the end of the day, the, these are forms of marketing. These, you know, this is a collective thing that we invest value in. There's no, it's not like um, something very definitive. Like, I don't know, did you win the Super Bowl or not? There's just the one Super Bowl, and it was either the Super Bowl or it wasn't. Like, we're basically saying, did you win a major, relevant, competitive poker tournament? Yes, then here's your award. And to me, I don't see how that's diluted, whether it's online or not
0: uh yeah i i'm well i'm with you for sure i just i think it's very interesting to hear you know even like guy like helmuth who has the most bracelets it's like where mm-hmm. does he fall on it and you know someone was uh so there were some arguments or say oh maybe call it a silver bracelet or this or is that whatever but i i just think it's i think overall it's great for the game i think it's also nice to have variations differences online is such a part of poker it's such a big portion of what poker is live and online Mm -hmm. need to work together. There needs to be satellites. There needs to be cooperation. There needs to be uh, a respect, I think on both. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's great. Obviously you don't want to have it all the time, but you know, doing it like yeah. a champion, make it as prestigious once a year or twice a year. You know, come together and, and call it what it is. I, I think also for people as a whole, it's a, it does save costs, travel, hotel, these other things, and and convenience, and and also maybe just for the quality of the fields, it could be better in some respects. Or you know, the, the arguments on both sides kind of balance out. And net, net, I think it's uh, I think it's good. It's also just good to have variation, right? Not just be always yeah. the same and uh, keep people. You know, keep it fresh, keep it new, keep it innovative, and I think it is as well, but uh, it's good to hear you say that. I was curious on your your take. Um, let's uh, r- before I do, we take the questions. To what about family? Mm-hmm. You said they were a little undecided. They were not all about it when you started. What about now? Are they? Right. Oh, are they are uh,
1: totally on board now. I'm the golden child.
0: They respect yeah. it. And what about brothers no, and
1: that- sisters? Yeah, I have a, a younger brother and an older sister. They're very, uh, they're very supportive, and I, really, my family and my parents came around in my early twenties when you know, like my mom started tracking my results on Pocket Fives and sending me messages when I had nice scores and stuff. And then when you add the professional and television component to it, you know, any fears they may have had of me just gambling for a living and and maybe one day going bust um, are alleviated. Cause like, okay, well now he has a salary. Now he has a career. Um, you know, we don't have to worry about that kind of stuff so much. Plus, I mean, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a credible job to have, you know, like, you know, my parents are happy to be able to tune in and watch their kid on, on Fox sports net after, you know, it's great where I'm from, they literally play like the Brewers game and then the world poker tour comes on TV. Like my friends in high school are like, yeah, we always see you in the sports bar. So I I love hearing that. And uh, yeah, my family is good. Uh, Fortunately not affected from the pandemic in any meaningful way at this time. And uh, so I'm going to go see them when it's uh, when all the online stuff starts to wrap up.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 pretty cool. It's good when you have the support because it can be tricky. I know a lot of people in the past, at least, or initially, you know, there's some some uh, varying varying degrees of support, right? If your parents or your your friends or family or your what don't support or kind of hey, don't do this, it makes it all the more challenging to sort of dive in and really, you know, you have that extra sort of pressure about will it work out, will it not? Mm -hmm. And and I think it's also important to realize in in poker, you know, a lot of us from you and I are very similar when we started and how we've come through the game. You know, it's different than just hopping in when you're 30, 40, if you have family, if you have kids, if you have yes. a career. When you come in you're starting, when you're 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, and there's really nothing, you don't have much else to do. And you start with $80 or $50 or 500 or a thousand or a couple thousand and you work your way up. It's sort of like the results and the things you see are done responsibly. You've built it up organically or had some staking or you were, you, know, you weren't really at risk for, uh, you know, whether you say, Hey, well, you guys, 45 years old, he's got a wife and two kids and he's a doctor and he wants to just hop in and start playing five K's and 10 K's, you know, It's a a bit of a different element and animal you're talking about there and not that it's right or wrong, but you got to be careful and you got to be realizing like what you're really risking or what you're doing uh, and also maybe not learning the examples and the disciplines of the game, bankroll management, all these things sort of throughout. So it's just a bit different, I think, when you are. You got to be careful, too. I know you are a big advocate of the game. Me as well. Promote it. It's a great game. It's fun. Do it as a hobby. Or you know yeah. take your time study and learn we're not saying oh everyone go quit your day job and and fire off into mm-hmm. the, the poker world and quit you know so it's a bit it's a bit tricky right as an ambassador you got to be responsible um, I mean
1: I'm a, I'm a weird balance there I feel that I'm like I would tell everybody to pick up poker as a hobby um, if you get really good to pick it up as like a part-time income but I would tell almost nobody. You should approach you should chase poker for a living. You should try and do this for a living. You've you know you've got that kind of potential. Um, I think poker is an awesome, you know mind sport, whatever you want to call it, super challenging. It will teach you a lot of really valuable lessons, especially about losing. I think that many people, um I remember listening to finance podcasts, for example, and people talk about, Coming from a poker background, transitioning to finance, and then watching their peers struggle with variance and losing. And if you come from poker, you're so well acquainted with it that it's just not something you react to in such a harsh, uh, negative way. You're not so re- you know reactionary. If you get into markets, you take a little bit of a loss. You're not like, oh my god, I need my money back. No, I'm going to lose it all. Like You just don't have that coming from poker. So it will teach you a lot of really valuable things. It's just a difficult way to make a living. So I wouldn't recommend it for most people. Yeah, but I'm a I'm a huge proponent of the game. I think yeah, I mean it's my
0: my, a, my my parents yeah. have Ivy League backgrounds, very studious, very like serious in this and business. You know, don't and my dad was pretty okay with me dabbling around. Now he loves it. Says he wishes he had done it when he was you know when he had grown up or when he was younger because it does it teaches you a lot there's a lot of positives you can get out of poker with dealing with wins and losses like golf like something else you can tell how people handle themselves how do they win how do they lose how do they how do they you know close spots that are like you know, do you give people the benefit of the doubt? Are you ethical? Are you trustworthy? So like there, there's a lot of great things. And again, I think like for you, a lot of poker players and friends are now friends and people I met are directly from poker or otherwise that I've met some of the closest relationships in my life. And, um, yeah, I'm, I I just so much, so many positives that come out of it. I think it's on, un, it's unfortunate that in the past there's been sort of a negative, the next few negative, maybe seeds or side of it, they get, get uh, glorified or Brought to light more than others, but um, yeah. Let's uh, let's dive into some questions. Anything else do you want to cover before we 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 let's uh, hit it? We talk in. We've already kind of hit through. Uh, so oh, I do want to before we, last thing. I keep saying I I always notes and things, and I want to get into the questions because we have a lot. But uh mm. China, we spent some time in China. I guess you had a girlfriend, or you were chasing something over there, and, and with going over it what was that like did you learn mandarin were you there for a while and what was that experience i was there
1: for six months but that was not long enough to learn mandarin especially since this is when i was uh 2021 and it was like really just playing poker all day every day that's all i wanted to do plus we were living in the middle of nowhere in shanghai like we weren't just you know central shanghai in the urban hub we were like 45 minutes through public transport outside the city. So there was nobody around for me to, to talk to. I didn't, you know, it wasn't like down the street, I could go start taking Mandarin classes. It would have been a journey just to get into the city. And then I couldn't you know, read or talk. So my girlfriend would have, girlfriend at the time would have had to like escort me everywhere I went. Um, but that, that was actually the time period where I became most immersed in the poker community for those reasons. I mean, I was kind of living somewhere in the middle of nowhere for for me that um that i couldn't speak to anybody well inevitably uh, the people i ended up speaking to was my online poker community and it was at that time that i started talking to guys like lucky Chew and timex you know back then pretty much every day as we were grinding um and that kind of carried over but living in china um was fascinating from a cultural standpoint it taught me a ton and then when I started traveling the circuit and playing it a lot in Macau, um, traveling throughout China, it, uh, it it left me much better prepared for that. And actually, the WPT has been owned by a Chinese company for a while. So um, that's you know, for all those. Right? yeah, right. exactly, yeah. you know. So um, you know for all those areas, it was a really valuable experience, um, but some, certainly something at 20 that was uh, a shock to the system
0: very very yeah very it, it, china's wild it really i remember going there for the Bro. olympics no eight and it's uh it was just like yeah people didn't really speak english like it was just like not not even close and the language it's not like french or spanish or you catch right. a little word or two or maybe mm-hmm, they no. know a couple words it's just it was uh it can be it's a little bit of a yeah complete 180 uh on 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 the it's not it's not really it's hard to put into words and and I'm sure it's different now a bit and there's more technology and easier to translate things and quickly. But um I just I remember having a shock to my system back in 08 being in being in uh, in China. Um okay, well let's uh oh suit. I want to ask you about your suit. You always you dress mm-hmm. well, you've always been known as a guy yeah. in the suit. You know, you're clean. You you mentioned about meeting Mike Sexton, you always want to be kind of well presentable and, and talk to people. What's the what what is it about you with having like a suit jacket or dress to the nines when you go play live or just in general? Cause you are Kind of have that that peg down. I don't think there's really anyone else right. in the poker industry that that does it quite like that, or at least as consistently. What what's your uh fixation or what's your excitement or your your motive on that with with you
1: part of it was it. i just got it from my dad my dad was a very fashionable guy still is has a basement full of clothes you know raised me on like gq and esquire magazine um and then you know watching a bunch of movies growing up and you know our eternal winters in wisconsin everybody in these gambling movies all suited up all this you watch oceans 11 and for whatever reason they're walking around in vegas in awesome suits the entire time and i think 17 yeah. year old me kind of thought that's what the real world is and didn't realize they like no that's not, not nowhere close right. um so i started you know suiting up all the time for tournaments back in the day and it just kind of became a habit i will say as i've gotten older i've gotten a little more casual but then once i added the professional component now i had actually a legitimate reason to be in suits um but the the flip side to that is um how to put it, when you walk around casinos in suits, everyone thinks you work there. And so I get questions like, excuse me, sir, where's the bathroom? And I'm, I don't always want to deal with that stuff. So, you know, I've been, I've been toning it down a little that more uh, I guess lately. you must
0: get that a lot. That's uh, a
1: lot, man. Every, everybody, if you're in a suit in a casino, everyone thinks you work there. And so after a while, it's like, I don't know that this is always the best attire for this setting. Yeah,
0: okay. I I I like it. That makes sense. But I I do, you know, I like that. Respect that. It's nice to It's yeah. nice to It's also nice to look good, feel good, play good. I'm sure you're not online for sure. Up in the suit, <clears throat> but it is good to kind of feel 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 sharp, feel presentable and feel uh
1: Especially if we do streams or a televised final table i kind of like to dress up for that you know I'm, I'm mindful of the fact that perception is reality and the way that people perceive the game of poker a lot of that will come in sort of you know quick judgments of looking around the table Well, what does the game look like what do the players look like do they look like this is it kind of crowded that i want to be around and so i'm mindful of those things but also that um poker is a hyper individualistic endeavor And I always feel that people shouldn't be under any pressure to dress in an unnatural way or present themselves in an unnatural way. So I like to dress up for a final table. Um, I love seeing other people do it, but if people want to show up in their shorts and hoodie, I respect that too. I
0: got to, I got to ask you about the bring Kenny million dollar final table outfit. That was a Triton event. I was there. I did some commentary and it was a robe, right? Yeah. He wore like a, it was a custom piece. Um, custom but i actually have it on my vlog from there on youtube like i have the like when bill saw him and they were all kind of gathered around dan smith I think a good friend of yours um mm-hmm. was there as well but like bill basically called him out and was like man like you know if this was a guster if this is a, a a place and there's like a rule like and they tell you you gotta dress like a way he was kind of like giving brin some shit like hey this isn't you know you got, this was like a required yeah. thing and you're, you know, uh, he was arguably custom in a thing, but I don't know. I mean, right. it wasn't a suit and it was, they were asked to wear a suit at the final table and he didn't go contrarian and he shipped the whole, the whole bird. So I don't know what you can yeah. say, but uh, I don't know. <clears throat> thoughts on, I'm on
1: generally topic? against rich people customs, um, you know, put it like this. My, my roommate recently joined a country club out here because uh, he's gotten really into golf and he came home yesterday and he told me the story about how Kind of excited because the staff there was starting to recognize him, and oh, Mister, you know, Mister Donovan, Mister Donovan. He's like, hey, you know, please call me Zach, and they literally said, "We're not allowed to. We're not right. allowed to call you Zach." And that kind of mentality to me, I'll just never, I'll never buy into it. That you're, you're not dressed appropriately for this. Oh, I can't call you by your first man. What the hell is this crap? Like seriously, right. don't take yourself, don't be so pretentious. Don't take yourself so seriously. This isn't Augusta. And you know what? I probably wouldn't like Augusta. So yeah, that's how I feel about that stuff. <laughs> All
0: right. Fair enough. I like it. So let's, uh, yeah, let's dive in. We got we got uh, a lot of questions for tony here we guys you still not too late if you want to try to win a 55 dollar ticket courtesy of party poker uh we are going to be going through some of these you guys just refresh this we make sure we're up to speed on it we got another podcast tomorrow we got all on pav that'll be fun but for now we are going to go knock through this so let's uh let's just kind of rapid fire some of these biggest pot one i guess mm-hmm. Cat, you do a cash game or and uh and live, yeah. I did some
1: like, cash, I did some like the biggest cash game I've ever played was probably 51 2, and maybe I won like a 20k pot in that. I feel like I've maybe even played like a 10, 20, 40 game around Vegas, somewhere around 20K, 20K pot, 25K pot. Is my biggest cash game pot ever.
0: And, and tournament wise, that was second place, 700,000 US. That was uh, Australia. That
1: would have been my biggest, I think, yeah, I think it was 700,000-ish US. It's, <laughs> I only got the 15% of it. So in my mind, it's not my biggest, but yeah, right. it is.
0: What, uh, what about your personal biggest then?
1: My personal biggest might've been, let's see, I had half of my bracelet. So that was almost 200K. That'd be up there. Um, yeah, it might just be that it might be one of my more. Let's see, I had a second this summer that I had half of that was, yeah, around just a little under 200. So I would say a little under 200,000. I also had a DFS score that was like 150, but I guess I had 60, 70% of that or something. So, yeah, when I think about the money that I have gotten from one of my scores, my biggest would be a little under 200.
0: Okay, that's nice. Those are nice numbers. That feels good. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so biggest cash live being so question here from michael Bahrain. being a, a player as well as a host does that help you with interviewing players who may have little patience with other journalists who are not players do, uh, do you believe there's any edge or any benefit yeah. you kind of understand how the mind works
1: well most definitely i, I feel like a lot of media uh, presenters especially if they don't come from poker dealing with the poker personality type can be a little unnatural um and that a lot of presenters kind of approach poker players with all this like energy. Oh, my God, you must be so excited. This is and, and poker players, as you know, are a lot more mellow and kind of analytical in nature. And so it's like, oh, my God, well, you must be so excited. And they're like, well, I guess like it's just, you know, this is part of my job, this and that. So when I do need to approach poker players, it, it helps to come from the same background and to ask them questions in a more. Um, nuanced way than somebody who's not, is not a player for a living. So that's, that's advantageous for sure.
0: Okay. Very, very cool. How has Corona affected your business life, your, your life in terms of uh, in general?
1: Well, you know, the short answer is the WPT is not having live poker tournaments at this time um and you know fingers crossed that we will be able to resume both hosting live tour events and then uh, filming at the HyperX arena in the not too distant future but for the time being you know the season is on pause outside of what we're about to do on party poker online um so yeah you know that is that has been the most serious effect on my business life
0: what is uh what does party poker say is there any i mean i guess no point to really make a people keep pushing stuff back. Is there any live, is there anything certain or locked in or in the future, are they, is it totally on pause? Or are they saying we're going to hopefully start by this series, this date, um, or is it indefinitely pause at the moment?
1: To my knowledge, totally on pause. And you know what, right before we started this interview, I even looked up what countries can an American travel to right now. And honestly, this list is so short and so limited that the idea of trying to host a major live tournament while we have all these border closings internationally. Does not seem very realistic to me, I would think. You know, I will say that somebody like a Tony Burns down in uh, South Florida, uh, Seminole Hard Rock, I think, announced that they're not too far off from doing tournaments again. But the logistics behind holding a tournament and attracting a large player field, an international player field, that is really complicated right now. So I don't have any dates.
0: Yeah, it's also, you know, because then it bodes a question about guarantees, all this. And it's right. sort of like now you're just, it's like there's no real data or they're just sort of like uh, unknown waters you're guessing and then I mean, there's a lot of complications Um so true do you have an enemy in the poker world is there anyone that you kind of like a nemesis maybe either because they just seem to hold over you they beat you or you actually have any bad blood or kind of like a rivalry with someone
1: no no bad blood unfortunate in that way For my approach to conflict is mostly like if I think someone's like a shady bad person or I just really don't like them or their energy I just avoid them I'm not really trying to like you know, show up and get one over on them. Then I'm like, I don't really need that negativity in my life. Um, trying to think, I feel like Darren Elias is a guy who every time I play with him just manages to be one step ahead. Like all my memories of playing big pots with Darren Elias are being on the wrong side. But, you know, he's a very nice and professional guy, not somebody I have anything personal against, um, but just somebody who has who generally gotten the better of me and who, because he plays a high volume of poker, is hard to avoid. Another guy I'd put in that category is Brian Altman. Someone said had a lot and both these guys have just dominated the WPT. They play a high volume events and they're really tough players. So I encounter them all the time and uh, often feel like, you know, I'm playing guessing games against them that I'm uh, not getting the best of.
0: Yeah, th- those are two strong opponents for sure. Um, someone here checking about, we already covered this, but just want to re hit home on asking if you'll play the WPT championship on party. Or Don Yugoslavia asking, uh, is there, is there a possibility depending on border openings? I guess that's later in that's right. down the road, right? That's, uh, I think in early September for the, the main or, or at the end of August, um, for that. So is that, is that something you're, you're eyeing at least as a possibility? I would say
1: there's an outside possibility, but as you said, it really depends on, uh, travel availability. I will say that the idea of, you know, um, traveling to somewhere that I wouldn't want to otherwise be and then paying a bunch of money for accommodation, uh, to play online poker, it does not sound super appealing to me. You know, if it was like, okay, great. And, you know, I like, for example, I love Montreal. So if it was like, okay, cool, I'll go to Montreal, I'll visit my friends, you know, hang out in my city and then I'll play some online poker. Absolutely. Um, but the, you know, fly to one of the few limited countries that are available for Americans right now and then pay a whole bunch in in hotel just to be there and maybe be quarantined for two weeks when you get there. To play online, not there.
0: It's a stretch. It's a stretch. Yeah, I, I want. I do want to ask about Vince Van Patten, who you now mm-hmm. are co-hosting the World Poker Tour with. What is uh, what is it like working with Vince? And what is Vince's? He's been around since the beginning too. Is uh, is there is there a potential? Do you, I mean obviously if you've discussed with Vince? But like, mm-hmm. do you see Vince there for forever? Do you think he's like? I mean, I, I it seems like he's so. I perfect. hope so. He loves it. Like. Yes. The answer for sure is I hope so. But do you think like, uh, do you think Vince is the, he just seems to really love it still too. And I think Mike loved it too, as well. Like he got an mm-hmm. opportunity. Oh, for a party. Sure. It wasn't even an easy decision and you know, the brands yeah. are so aligned. Um, so he did step down, but you know, Vince and Mike are have been around forever with it. Now you've, you've filled in and taken a great role there. What, uh, what do you think about Vince and, and being in terms of the WPT? Cause I, I just, it just seems, uh, it's just so great to have, uh, you know, to have these, to have you, to have Mike, to have Vince around, I mean, it's just hard to imagine replacing uh, Vince or have a different someone come in. What Any thoughts? Yeah, on that? I really,
1: you know, I don't want to envu- envision a, a future without Vince in the booth because he's just such a pleasure to work with, super professional, always really positive, and just like always on time. There's, there's no drama. Like, I, I can't stress enough. There's such a, a delight to work with Vince and somebody that I grew up watching too. So there's this kind of that every now and then I'll just be like, I you know I grew up watching you, bro. You yeah. <laughs> know, sort of those weird flashbacks. Um, you the WPT
0: uh, title, man. You've got one. I sexton grabbed yeah, one in Montreal a few years right. back. I got to call that one from the uh, for the live stream, which was fun to be there and see. I know how much Mike wanted to win one. Obviously, being basically the face so of bad, WPT dude. and so close, so bad. So many times that was that was pretty special. Well, I'll just throw it out there. I had a, I had a meeting with Pliska met with him shot just kind of wrapped a bit I, i'll i'll put it out on the in the universe one day i hope vince does it for for a, as well a long 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 time that could be fun i mm-hmm. think it would be uh that would be an, an honor to be considered even and, and to think about that in the future but again i i think vince yeah he's iconic he's yeah. great he does a great job and he's uh for sure stable well, you're 30
1: also. years younger so you know that math might work out
0: yeah. No, I'm just saying, hey, listen, I, like I said, Vince, you know, more power to him. I'm pretty busy anyway. I, I'm just saying right. that would be something if it ever was a chance and there was a thing. I, I'm sure there'd be a lot yeah. of people in line wanting to, to take that possibility.
1: So. I'd be a popular man if Vince ever gave up his job. Let's say that. Yeah, it, would, it would exa- <laughs>
0: exactly. So, get yes.
1: messages from friends I never knew I had.
0: Right. Well, that's why we're locked in that we're 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 like yeah. this right here now. So, Tony, don't don't remember? I was I was here from the beginning. Don't, that's right. Yeah, you got. Not going to hit you up out of seven, 12 yeah. years later, and, and, and come to you. We'll we'll keep in touch, for bro. Sure. What's up? How's yeah. life, man? How are you, man? Yeah, maybe putting a good word, but no worries. So anyway, just throwing it out there. You know, I've done King of the Club for World Poker Tour. I've, I've, I like World yeah, Poker actually, Tour. Yeah, actually, yeah, you
1: were our guy. You you did that with uh i want to say maria ho yeah. is that
0: right yeah i was hoping they'd bring it back and they said they got mm-hmm. really good reviews i did. you know it's it's obviously a different thing when you're talking about playing for millions of dollars hundreds of hundreds of thousands uh, for free the the club version but apparently you know did well and it was fun and it, it was a it was a good show caitlin Howe was on there as mm-hmm. uh as, and she's still at the i know does stuff with the world poker tour and uh, what about working with Lingal martin speaking of the cast and the, the friends how's that how's lynn is uh she was on the, she's been on the podcast already. She's been here too. And I mean, Lynn's enjoy. like
1: my sister. I've known Lynn almost 15 years. She was working in marketing and crime casino when I was grinding limit poker there. And yeah. you know, those 2005 results you gave. So, uh, somehow I have known Lynn forever, basically since we both got started in the poker world. Um, and same kind of thing where she's just like, you know, the easiest, like Vince is nice, but like Lynn is like an angel it's crazy she's just maybe the nicest her lucky chewy or like kind of neck and neck is the nicest people that i've ever known right. um always smiling and same kind of thing happy, yeah. always smiling super pleasant just amazing with people um people warm to vince Oh, sorry not to vince to lynn well to, to vince but especially to lynn like i've never seen uh and uh yeah you know and she's also she teaches me a lot like lynn knows more about social media and you know how to create an instagram post and when you should make that post and things like that she's on she's on top of it she's such a professional uh, and super knowledgeable so yeah that is great and same kind of thing where to me um Lynn is like a, the Vanna White of poker. You remember Vanna White from The Price is, White? Horse, Price is Right? And horse. you know she's been on that show forever, every month. She's like a main set. Wheel of Force, excuse me, not Price is Tony, Right. Whatever. It's your show's right out get here. Get my man. game shows oh. right. I guess. Yeah. Um, that's true, yeah. no, so, uh But no, the same kind of idea where I just think that I, I would hope that Lynn is a part of the WPT indefinitely um if we ever lose her it might be because she's becoming so successful as an actress she's right there, she's down in australia right now filming yeah. a movie that's going to be on netflix um, she got onto the largest soap opera in australia called neighbors which is kind of like you know days of our lives or you know the equivalent down there um it was actually you know it was even more popular um so yeah working with lynn is great too and i'm, I'm just very fortunate that when people ask me those questions that I can give such an enthusiastic response because there have been times in my life where I've worked with someone if they were like so how's working with Vince and I'd be like um interesting you know there's definitely been those people along this way and no it's the same with Mike he was always such a pleasure to work with. And, you know, I kind of told my story about him at the beginning and he was very much like that. As we continued to work together, somebody who just, I think really wants to see poker and poker players do well. So he made that transition easy on me.
0: Yeah. That's that's awesome. Um, got a question from Garon's luck here on Twitter. When will we see you crossing the online streets of Twitch? It's time. What about Twitch, man? Where's Tony Dunce? Why is he not streaming on Twitch somewhere or are you? Or do you do some for the WPT? I've seen you, I think, so, doing some. Yeah.
1: I do Twitch streaming for Club WPT, which is our subscription site. Um, so for people who aren't looking to risk money night in, night out, we do you know a $25 level and a $150 level, where then you have access to $100,000 in cash and prizes every month. You can win your way into live WPT events. Um, for myself, playing online, I... Um, For streaming, I find it a little bit distracting. The idea of playing really serious poker, but then trying to verbalize my thought process. And then also like when I play poker and things go bad, the dark side of me comes out. I get vulgar. Like I just, I need to get those four letter words out when I take that crucial two out or something. And then I feel better. I'm lucky that I don't really like carry the, the anger or any of the frustration of a bad poker session around with me after the fact, but in the moment, I need to get it out, and I don't know that I necessarily want to bring that side of me to Twitch.
0: Yeah, it's uh, that—that's well, that's honest. I mean, that's that's a yeah. good reason not to. You don't want to like have a you know? Tourette's moment or you know be on there. It's sort of uh, it's important. a there. nice
1: professional image going here. They don't yeah, need to got, see that.
0: Yeah, you don't need to put it on the line for <laughs> hmm. uh, you know. There's a delay though, Tony. You could always right. the stream if it got if it was, <laughs> if it was too crazy. Um, all right, so okay, so let's get a little twist Twitch taste but not not on your own is that have you considered i would you,
1: love to twitch war um, zone if i twitch anything it'll be war seriously yeah, be i was talking cool. to drew amato who is that um, as long
0: as you got some game uh, yeah i would, do um I, that's that's a uh that would be something to think about as long as you can like if, if you're not terrible you know you can't i've sure, thought about playing keep sure. and stuff it's been so long though i just like it's also like we were saying about time you know it's like all right study this that. Yeah. It's just like at some point you take on a new game or a new thing and the right. setups and how to, I just, I don't want to even, don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but if you're playing it already, if you're playing a video game, you know, maybe that makes sense to Twitch, right? Like yeah. you to build That something. actually sounds super fun. It's, it makes, it's, it would make, you could actually justify for productivity wise, say like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm streaming. It's, it's, it's something you could, you could uh, go down that, that path. Um, how do you Okay, someone asked about the host. I don't really understand the question, but maybe tell me what is Okay. It says how do you cope with the host, being the host of WPT must have its challenges from time to time. Is there any challenges with being the host of the WPT that you find or like a scheduling conflicts?
1: There are. It's the same idea of having to split your attention. So sometimes I just have to flat out sit out tournaments that I would like to play because we have uh, activity and responsibilities. And then sometimes it's like, OK, I've got a 10K WPT at the LAPC and you know, I've been t- studying and training going in. And I get my table and I'm trying to pay attention and remember hands and this and that. But then also at the first break, I need to give a memorized speech with lots of enthusiasm and make sure that I nail everybody's name and job title. And so, you know, for maybe an hour or two the night before I'm in my hotel room practicing over and over, and then I'm practicing that morning and then I'm like super conscious of it, leading it up to the speech and it's not the end of the world or anything, but it is um, you know it is it serves as a distraction when what I'm really trying to focus on is the 10k tournament. So there's having to you know split your attention in that way or sometimes just kind of being pulled in a few directions. but as a whole, that job complements playing poker for a living really well. I mean basically better than you could ever hope from any other
0: job. Nice. What about your best online score? So we've t- we see your hand in mob mm-hmm. and we could dig deep and probably find it. I saw there was one yep. early on you had, I know, on full tilt uh, for a 50K, big I want to say. I uh, believe 125, oh no, maybe you won 50,000. That was, I mean, that was from like a long, long time ago. But what, what about your yes. best online
1: that, so that's still it. I had uh, a 40K score a couple of weeks ago, but um, I never really had much success on Sundays. And then, you know, after Black Friday, Sunday was over. So I was like, a lot of my online career, I was in Australia and Sundays were at like 3, 4 a.m. Well, I didn't really get into poker to be nocturnal on a Monday morning.
0: What was the uh, So I just score? didn't
1: play him. Uh I won a 1K on worldseries.com uh, for just under 40, maybe like two months ago. Wow, um, and so like that's yeah, you know the fields is a nice game. score for sure. Yeah, for sure. Really so care. yeah, you know I just never never killed it on a Sunday, never won a Sunday major, but have uh, had a, a decent chunk of medium scores along the way. But man, if I ever had the big the big online score, I would just melt down. I would just lose my mind. You know I've been doing this for so long now, and uh, and chasing the big score that if I ever hit for like six figures online, man, I just, I just lose it. You know, especially in the tournaments I play, like it's not like I'm playing a bunch of two K's and five K's with, um, you know, a field in the dozens, as opposed to the hundreds or thousands. Like right. if I ever win six figures in a tournament, like I outlasted a marathon of a field. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going to lose my mind. That's uh,
0: that, that's, 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 that makes a ton of sense. Um, mm-hmm. how someone asking, me, have you play free rolls? Do you ever play any free rolls online or have you?
1: TimeX gave me a free roll. Um, let me think about this free rolls online. It's it's generally if a site rewards you with a seat in the tournament, um, that's a free roll. That's pretty much it. You know, I'm not I'm not averse to playing free rolls, but because poker is my job for the most part, I'm trying to to maximize my earn. And that's you know, you're not given seats into a bunch of higher stakes free rolls that often. But when it happens, you know, I won't look a gift horse in the mouth.
0: What is your favorite poker hand? Not aces. What's your fun hand? What's the one that's like, you just love to see that's sneaky.
1: It's not not stinky, but I have good memories of Jack 10 suited. Like I won a huge pot at one of my final tables where I ended up making a flush against somebody's like top set of aces with Jack 10 suited. And it's just like, you know, one of those fun, slashing hands where even if somebody three bets you pre-flop, it's like, all right, we're, we're going to see this flop. We'll see if I can get you. We're gonna see three, you know. Yeah, those are fun ones, and so yeah, that mixed with just having a a nice a nice memory of a bad beat I put on somebody else with that hand,
0: Jack Tensura. Like that's a safe and strong strong hand. Um, How how about how do you mentally prepare for for poker? Let's say a Sunday or a live event. Give me a look into Tony Dunst routine do you have a mental coach do you meditate do you work out always I think I've, I've seen you back in the day I warm up I stops in the gym I think in the morning usually I, I, I catch you mm-hmm. in there around before our tournaments are going and stuff but do you have like a set firm routine or do you believe sleep is more important and some days you'll just sleep and then go
1: do you late register give me your sort of uh
0: your scope on let's do live just Number one is
1: sleep. A hundred percent. If I'm going to play serious poker, if I'm going to like concentrate on anything, sleep is the priority. So I try and get myself to bed a decent hour of the night before, let myself sleep as late as I can. If I'm going deep in a tournament, I know I'll probably spring awake earlier than I want to. And there's not much I can do about that, but yeah, sleep is priority number one. And then, um, i uh i warm myself up i'll go actually do like you know a few dozen quick solves before i play live poker before i play a big sunday so that my brain feels a little warmed up before i dive into it and then i'm a big believer in trying to i guess you'd say balance your workload so even if i say i have a huge series of online poker coming up and i'm like okay you know i know that there's a great event on every day for two weeks I'm still probably going to try and find a way to take some time off in there to sort of refresh my desire to play my desire to sit there and be there for eight, 10, 12 hours at a time, concentrating and, you know, running math problems in my head. I'm, I'm a believer in not pushing yourself to burnout, whether it's poker or you know something physical that you're doing. Like, Never push yourself to a point where you hate what you're doing. Don't make yourself miserable. That this is going to be your job or something you're committed to. You want to try and build a structure around it that you enjoy it. Even if it's going to be difficult and challenging at times, it even makes you a little uncomfortable, it shouldn't make you miserable. And so I really believe in giving yourself enough time and enough warm-up that you go in with a positive mindset and feeling prepared, but also you don't push yourself to the point of burnout.
0: And, and what about uh, like um, bad beats or dealing with, how do you deal with the uh, being, being tilted or upset or something that happens? And like, are you able to just shake it off pretty easily or how, how do you manage that?
1: Um, online? Moment? I swear online. I swear. I said really, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> um, and then. Oh,
0: we lost you. Maybe an alarm again. I think it was an alarm or you, you cut off for a second. Sorry, somebody
1: tried to call me and I had to, I had to turn him off. No no alarm this. I just, you know, one of those unknown numbers that always calls you in, in oh, Vegas. Right. Um, so, and then live, I just, I just roll with it. I just kind of accept going in when I play live poker. Hey, you're probably going to lose this money. You need to make peace with this money being gone. And then you need to go and play your best and Because of, I mean, just, I I don't, I would never want to be rude or unwelcoming to somebody in the live setting. Even if I didn't have the host role, just kind of think, you know, the way you treat people, you shouldn't let your own, you shouldn't take your frustrations out on others, especially if they did nothing wrong. They're just playing their hand, they're just playing the game, whatever, you know. Um, you know, bad luck happens and it's on you to stomach that. So I think it's fine. You know, you're playing in the comfort of your own home and you wanna release that frustration, go nuts, who cares? But if you're at a live table, like I would never would never berate somebody. I would never criticize somebody's play. I would never take it out in the dealer. And you know, for the most part, I just you know, take a deep breath, try to remind myself, hey, you still have a job to do. Like, yeah, that beat sucks. Yeah, you're frustrated at not having more chips, but like these are the chips you have now and you need to move forward. You know, maybe if it happens, um, you know, close to a break, then I then I step outside and you know get some air, hang with people. But for the most part, there's no trick to it. I I used to think when I was younger that you could reach a stage in your career where you didn't care anymore, you didn't feel the losses, you didn't feel the frustration, and that's simply not true. And I learned to just kind of embrace it, and you know, experience it, but then let it go.
0: Make yeah, I, I think um. That's a, that's a good, that's a good way to think about it and look at it. You just also, you don't want to be, you don't want to say like, yeah, obviously we're humans. We have emotion, right? It's like you hit two outer on you or take a river, bad beat in a big spot. Like you it's okay to feel, feel yeah. something you know you're not just a robot and like to ah, feel bad yeah yeah it's like that's that's not fun so um who who uh oh this is a, this is a question from mark and uh, they're saying that you're not allowed or banned on w2 two plus two so you said you spent a lot of time in there is that even true or what does that even mean i don't know
1: are you not on two plus two anymore the, uh no that i think that must be a miscommunication i don't post very much anymore um i was really active from maybe like two thousand that's a
0: strong word six I, I, it says banned. Yeah, it doesn't nope, I, I never got banned. No, I, I don't know what that even means. But he's—I know Mark, and he's—he's he's not a troller, so maybe he thought, or just maybe he's hadn't seen you post on there in a while. I don't know what that means, but you, so you
1: two plus. That's two it. Or, yeah, I just haven't posted in years.
0: Is um—is that a—is there any type of uh, place you like to go for your information, cards, chat, poker news? What are some good ways to get some online current event information? what, what type of sites do you like to look at and check in on, or do you at all?
1: inevitably just kind of ends up being Twitter following all of those sites. And then, you know, clicking through to whoever has the most interesting story of the day or whatever is being discussed. I will say that I personally am a lot more interested in the strategy of poker than the, the drama or tiffs of the community. For the most part, I don't really like get into it. I don't engage. Or if I do, I just make some like sarcastic comments and then back out of the discussion. Um, I I would happily talk to you about like the finer points of 30 big blind play cutoff first big blind until the end of time. But like, you know, whether it's the, the Mike Postle or the Bill Perkins situation, like I have, you know, one glib response about that. And not really, I'm just, you know, whatever um, you know, beef Doug Polk has lately or whoever's been exposed as a cheat or whatever the hell it is. I don't care that much. I'm way more interested in the game than like the goings on of poker. So I, I tend to click through to a lot more uh, strategy articles or think pieces, or I like to read about how our industry is doing. I like to read about, well, what are the numbers for this event? And what are the numbers of this online site? And, you know, what kind of traffic are we seeing? What sort of direction are we going? But when it comes to just sort of people's uh, personal intrigue, I don't give a damn
0: right that well that's that's the way to do it for sure it's easy to get in the drama it's a rabbit hole rabbit yeah. hole or drama and 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 uh doesn't i don't think it's good so that's that's good to hear um who's the best no limit player in the world right now who do you think is some of the best players i mean you get to see whole cards i think that's one of the fun things about commentating as well right like you're kind of it's like a forced right. study session. You get to like see whole cards, you get to watch, you get to see, you get to think about it and, and see stuff maybe that, that is different. I was actually doing yesterday with James Dempsey on the high roller series. And they actually had the pretty cool on party. They're doing like whole cards face up, not just final table. So like picking up commentary and seeing Jeff, you just you know, cut the, out. what's that. Can you, can you hear me? Tony,
1: you got a couple. Let's do this one more time.
0: I can hear you. Hello. Oh, we're going to get Tony on back one more time. Guys, we had a couple of technical difficulties. That's okay. That's part of uh, it's not always smooth, doing our best. Uh, we're going to get him back. I think Tony's going to call one more time here, and we'll, we'll finish up these questions. Hope you guys are enjoying. we got all in PAV tomorrow uh, at 430 Eastern as well. So let's get uh, Tony we back. There you go. All right, cool. Yep, yep, yep. I, I was saying about commentary. Um, and, and how it's kind of fun, you know, cause it's like a forced way of studying in a way and getting to see the best in the world. And I was saying that I saw a whole mm. card face up, uh, with yesterday I was doing with James Dempsey on party, even from not just the final table, uh, really enjoy it. But do you believe, do you find that to be that you learn, like, is that one of the better ways of learning? And do you get to, is that, is that sort of a treat? Because I think, you know, that's, that's a cool way to sort of study or think about things or see things and say, well, this guy is supposedly the best in the world or one of the best he's doing something i wouldn't have done that there why is he doing that and then sort of dive in is that one of the ways you really do you feel like you you've been able to, to capitalize on on what you do is that something valuable you think 100
1: I, I enjoyed doing the online streams during those years because they were basically study sessions and i was watching a whole bunch of the best players in our game make these pivotal decisions at final tables um as for the earlier question, who do I think the best in the world is? I don't know that I'm the best person to evaluate, so I will I will give you an answer that I think is kind of the consensus amongst the best players that I know, which is uh, Stephen Chidwick. I think right now is kind of seen as like poker's end boss, particularly maybe even No Limit Hold'em tournaments. The, the you know the end boss. Um, even when I talk to guys like you know, Dan Smith, Justin Bonomo, uh, Ike Haxton, guys who are his competition and just like right up on that tier. There there seems to be some degree of, a you know, some degree of consensus, which is very rare amongst poker players that Stevie is the best.
0: That's, that's good to know. That's all my, that's sort of my son's girlfriend. Cause he, him and her are born a day apart and they were, I got a picture of them holding hands right. in the Bahamas in November. So it's a uh, you know, I like uh, I like uh, that's not bad. We're
1: gonna have know? some talented grandchildren.
0: Hopefully they'll yeah maybe they play see a few hands together. But that's uh, yeah shout out to Stevie definitely definitely an absolute crusher and great to see him. He's been around forever too. I remember him back forever, in the day when he those those steps and 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 back just playing all the sit and goes and really that man's play a lot of poker. So I like yeah. I think that answer is for sure sound and and would stand. Um, who got you into poker? Who actually? What was the reason you started? I I know mine very well how I got into. Right. remember what got you to put money online or start playing live? What was actually the first person or moment
1: that made you decide to take that step? Um, I think it was, I'd already taken an interest in gambling as a whole. I had taught myself to like count cards at 16 after reading, bringing down the house. And then I realized, oh, like blackjack, You know, I'm too young to do any of that. that does, that's not going to help me in any way. Uh, and right around that time, Poker started to become more popular. They started to the show like the 2002 World Series with Robert Farcone versus, you know, yeah. Phil Helmuth. Um, and you know, they started to hit all these advertisements. If you can deposit on Party Poker right now, you can deposit on Paradise Poker right now. And so, you know, eventually I just took the TV's advice and I was like, okay, you know, let's give our just, let's, let's give this whipped, a try. Whipped on
0: it. Yeah. I, I saw an article from Lance Bradley posted about there's like a huge thing pending right now on the Wire Act, basically with this New Hampshire lottery that they're yes. uh, it's like being done online as well since boston's one of the epicenters and that's where the court hearing was and it won't be back on for who knows but uh, essentially i don't know if you saw this I, I caught this yesterday basically saying that the all of the it's like a huge portion or part of what's going to happen online gambling is coming down to this case and and Correct. what they say about this so this is going on right now i, I don't know if you saw this or i kind of got a uh a brief on i could send you the article if you didn't see it i, I just i literally um collect i saw it uh yesterday uh let me just see actually i could put it up here do you know what i'm do you know what i'm referencing here
1: i know what you're referencing what i don't know is what the implications would be for our industry if well, this I this, guess. Is
0: what the, this was from i think yesterday mm-hmm. right here it's saying that expansion of interstate online poker largely hinges on how a lawsuit brought by the new hampshire lottery commission turns out arguments begin today get up to speed so basically the, the the wire the, the act appeal yeah so Come on, pretty big. What What is your thought on? You're you're very inside the industry, obviously, Adam Pliska, WPT. Mm-hmm. You guys are in tune to what's going on. You know, I feel like I'm fairly as well. I have a lot of information. Talk to Rob Young, get a good feeling what's happening. What does your gut tell you? Because it's crazy. If you would have made me bet, luckily there wasn't a liner. I didn't hear you have an opportunity that April fifteenth was it 2011? Is that when Black Friday was 2011 or 12 11 I think um, April 2011. Yeah. April, yeah, tax day, U.S. tax day. So that happened Black Friday. If you would tell me, you know, nine years or later, we still don't have online in the States, I would say I don't think that's the case. Like, I, I now, Pennsylvania passed, big news. It stars up and running. Right. I don't know why partying WSOP isn't, but um, that's big. Michigan just passed. That's pretty big. That's, that's my right. home state. Uh, and they there's a, you know, nice pedigree with Ryan Reese, Kata, you know, some other, some World Series of Poker bracelet Winners, some strong players there. It's a decent market, you know, you know, you say New York comes in, maybe Illinois I hear is talked about. Now, there's all of a sudden enough where it's sort of got a little momentum. But what do you think? Will poker be back in the U.S.? Sports gambling legalized at a federal level here right. deal up to state by state, sort of piggybacking going on with that. Well, where, where do you fall? Do we think we get poker? Do we get another boom? Do we get a U.S. where it's just open uh, season for poker in the next? Piggybacking years? is a good
1: word. Well, piggybacking is a good word because I think that a lot of the states that would pass a bill that allows online poker do it as a tandem bill that allows for sports betting. It becomes kind of an online gambling bill. Um, And, you know, poker ends up kind of being tacked on along with sports betting, Um, you know. I think the big thing is being able to share the liquidity of multiple states or being able to do it on a federal level. My opinion remains that this is still going to be played out on a state-by-state basis. Um, I haven't dived in enough to this Wire Act reclarification lawsuit New Hampshire thing to know how that could potentially affect federally regulated online poker. But certainly since Black Friday, online poker in the states has been a state-by-state Uh, It's been done by a state by state basis. And so that makes it a very slow process because we got to go through the state legislator just to get it approved. Okay. Then there's this really like slow, gradual rollout. Then we, okay, we've launched. And now we have to like get a a pack to share liquidity with different states. And there's all these different groups sort of vying for control and for how much money to get. And so it's really complicated, is the short answer. And um, I think that we will get there. I am not going to speculate as to any time frame because like you said, we are now nine years removed from Black Friday. We still, on the whole, don't really have online poker in the United States outside of you know, three separate states. Um, so I wouldn't make any guesses about timeframe. I still kind of expect these things to sort of happen slowly. But the nice thing is they are happening. And if we can get just a few more states to link up and share liquidity, we're starting to see a really large market for online poker in the united states and also some variety for where online poker players in the u.s could potentially live like right now if you want to play the u.s facing sites you get to choose between three states you know that's it um hopefully you can make a life there but if we maybe got like eight states into a player pool and to liquidity now, you know, you can, you can make your decision between which region of the United States do you want to live in or basically yeah. where you have your friends or family I mean, or where you, you know, culturally come from, whatever.
0: I think it's seven even. I mean, there's Nevada, Nevada. Well, I guess not that are past at least Nevada, right? New Jersey, Delaware, I think West Virginia and then oh, Michigan and Pennsylvania for sure. So mm-hmm. I guess we're talking like six ish. And I think Illinois and New York are sort of, uh, I mean, New York would obviously be ridiculous. You would actually, people would move there. People would yeah. make that work um as a as a you know pennsylvania michigan are pretty
1: solid too in pennsylvania and michigan would be huge additions
0: yeah so. i mean they're they've passed they're they're ready like the sites just need to get organized and get in i think stars is operating there um already so yeah it's it's stuff's happening but um well tony i i have i will say i've learned a lot i got some good notes um did some research i already knew a fair amount about you it's pretty cool some of the stories that you that you've uh, been a part of that, the, the one in Australia, definitely my favorite seeing the uh, 5k loss into the, the parlay play and just sort of fearless uh, second place finish. Uh, is there anything else you want to touch on? Anything coming up? Any plans you have? Uh, it's obviously COVID times um, yeah. sort of parked, but anything that you got, any projects or stuff that you want to touch on or anything to add? Cause we've covered a lot.
1: Hey, you know, we've done a good job of uh, shouting out all the usual suspects for me um so i can grab the dates right here quick for the upcoming championship online it's going to be 17th of july through the 8th of september and as i said it's up we are awarding five tournament champion seats during the course of that series so when live poker is back up and running five players from that series are going to be joining us man i just can't wait for it all to happen
0: that's awesome and can you can you uh specify for us because i i mean again i'm i'm pretty mm-hmm. clear on everything but i know so there's 12 championship events i believe but yes five of those so what actually gets your name on the wpt cup what do you get your name on the trophy on on, on which
1: event? of those which of those five are well i guess 12
0: championship events five that are tournament champions that you get to that you get the 15 play right. added to go so which of those do you, are all five of those are you as your name on the cup or some of those are not yeah, the limited that, event?
1: Exactly, because in those five, if you were to get a, a seat in the Tournament of Champions, that's only eligible for WPT Champions. You know, sort of the name on the cup level of champions. So yeah, um, those five would be also WPT Champions in in the most official ways.
0: And which ones are those? So I, obviously the thirty, there's a three thousand two hundred, I believe, no limit. There's a three thousand two hundred yep. pot limit. There's the twenty five k. There's a ten k World Championship. Is that is a twenty five k as well?
1: I believe so but to be honest I'm not exactly sure. That's something that I should probably clarify but I'm not exactly yeah, sure no, which I of mean those either. I'm, I'm actually not sure. either.
0: I want to I want to get clear and I, I believe that's that makes sense though. It's not all 12 and it would be for right. a certain price point but generally the WPT is uh I don't know if there's been a 25k where they have the name on the cup. I'm not sure if that's happened.
1: In the past it, we used to finish the season with 25k but we have not done a 25k in a ballpark six years or something like that. this is a big guarantee
0: i think it's a 25k 10 mil
1: so 10 mil
0: i mean this is uh this is definitely one of those ones you get out of bed or figure out a way and and just to close too what about um do you ever have you ever sold on state kings or do you have any uh interest in that i mean obviously i'm biased i use it i think it's great for Mm -hmm. engagement for fans and people that have a you know crowd fun where a lot of people can have a sweat but obviously you have people interested in buying action you have friends or you've done arrangements in the past. But let's say a 25K with that, would you be interested yeah. to put up something where people could, you know, you could say only $10 a person and let right. 100 people buy a piece, for example? Is that something that would interest I think sites
1: like those are fantastic for all the reasons that you just gave. I personally don't like to sell to a large number of people because in the event that you cash, now you have a decent amount of tax uh, paperwork ahead of you. Well, and that's you Tony, let me correct you. That's, where,
0: that's, that's not true. That's why what Staking no. does because They handle it for one. So yeah, if you, if you posted, let's just say a 25 K and you sell 10% and you say, I want to only let $25 a person, right? So you like, you don't want one guy to just come in and say, Tony Dunst, I'm scooping you. Um, But the point of it is, so you could actually have a large amount of people sweating you. uh, You could do that. And then in the event you win, or you cash, you would then Mm -hmm. get one form and you would not be just from stakings. Yes, and they handle it. It's not oh, via all the. I did not know that. Yeah, that's that's, that's the really cool that's the yeah come on man i can't yeah i'm all i post everything i put on. i can't be dealing with like 400 or a thousand things like, i was just like
1: bro are you just like 10 90, 90 400 people no, a year i can't no, imagine it's
0: one i mean there's uh they're alex fox and chris and bicknell use it for high stakes i mean you can name oh yeah
1: then, yeah and then i would totally use a site like that if anything you're going to get better markups selling through that kind of site than you are within a network of poker players because they are so price sensitive well, that, that is well but like
0: honestly the real value i believe, especially someone for you it's like it's fun like if you go to twitter and say hey i'm posting uh action in this 25k or 10k right and and you want a piece like people don't get to buy you people aren't able to dm you and and deal with buying a piece of you or you're not going to break it down to that level right it's just too much work and headache and hassle and messaging right. and whatever so i mean that that's the real uh beauty of the site and what it's for and actually um staking's bought you stake as well uh there's mm-hmm. that option for some people but sort of like the jv and you stay kings is more for if you're a known pro and whatever that's another conversation we could have it if you're interested i, I think you would be mm-hmm. very well fit and love it and be good for you know fun to do especially some of the bigger buy-ins uh that you may want to dabble with and, and uh give yeah i had people. no people idea piece, tony. there's 70 questions you don't think the 70 plus people ask the question will want a little little taste Get of in a, there. a wpt event of tony come on man
1: that's sick. that is sick. I learned something. I learned something today. I had no idea, but that makes perfect sense. Of course, well, they salvage
0: it. Work. I'm glad in the last yeah. uh, last minutes of a of a two hour podcast, you got a little value because we got a ton. We had a good time. Mm-hmm future host of wpt maybe alongside tony i'm just going to declare i put in the universe you never know love vince respect and uh you know put in a good word and just gonna come when i come for the favor tony don't think we never did anything together we've okay. done, no worries, done man. some special stuff so all right i'm gonna well, this is the last thing we have a uh mm-hmm. 55 ticket we're gonna give away courtesy of party poker um tony wpt anyone else you want to throw in on the 55 gift but we are gonna grab this right here we're gonna Copy it. Technology is fun. And you're gonna tell me when and someone's gonna win fifty-five dollars a ticket on party poker.
1: Okay. So how do I how do I
0: participate? You say when and I'm gonna rip it. And when. All right. It's in there. Someone's got it. Let's see who it is. It's it's exciting. It's intense. I don't I don't think this is a previous winner. I don't recognize. Uh Market Biggs gets it. He's gonna get a fit. Oh, yeah maybe one something. She's from Serbia. Okay. I think he actually asked a question do you like I love Serbia. Which I, I love do.
1: Serbia. I've That's been to weird. Serbia. Bizarre, but have you been to Serbia? Been to Serbia.
0: Oh wow. All right. So yeah. uh, do you like it? Was it a good experience? Oh yeah. Hell
1: yeah. I love Belgrade.
0: Well, there you go. You never know. I've been mm-hmm. asked the question and he won the ticket and he got his answer. And we are gonna let Tony ride off in the sunset. Tony, always a pleasure. Thank you, man. I really enjoyed it. Learned some stuff. Glad you did too. Shout out to State Kings. We'll see mm-hmm. you on the platform soon. And uh WPT Party Poker. Best brands in the biz. Can't wait to uh to be in and fire and do some stuff and play. And hopefully that you can get out of the, to a, a Montreal or type place and we'll see you there with some action on SK. Tony, good stuff.
1: Thanks for having me on, Jeff. Take care. Right.
0: Tony Dunce, everyone. Pab is tomorrow, 4:30 Eastern. This was number 6970 podcast going and Tony signing off. We'll see you guys soon. Enjoy it. It's on podcasts everywhere across the board. This was live on YouTube, but we do have Apple, Spotify this, that, Stitcher, all of them, I don't know, Podbean, whatever you could think of. We got it on audio version. And thanks for being here, everyone. Enjoy. And we'll see Tony soon. Later, bro. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.